All right, what is going on, everybody? Back at it again, another week, another podcast. Here we are. This week we have our guest, Mark Heck, is with us. He is another one of the members of Feel Good, and we are glad to welcome him today. Uh, we're gonna talk with him about his journey, a little bit about how music has. Um, affected him and his journey through music and then we'll probably get into a little bit of the craziness that's happening in the world but uh, welcome welcome mark thank you thank you for having me on yeah stoked to be a thanks, part of this thanks for being here buddy glad to have oh, you on oh yeah i love your guys episode to put out so ah i appreciate it. that thanks man mm-hmm. martina says hi i can't remember exactly who martinez is, is that my boy marty could what be. up, Marty? How are we doing? First on, one Marty? in. What's going on, Marty? What's going on, Marty? How are we doing today? All right. Well, Alex, I'll let you run with this one. Oh, shit. My cat's knocking stuff over. Oh, hot start. Good good start. Good hot start. start. So, <laughs> Mark, tell me about your journey through music. How'd you, how'd you get hooked up with uh, the current band you're in, which is my brother and sister? Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, man. Uh, I can go as deep as y'all want here, but... Uh, Dude, take, take it, it away. Little, give us the long away. and short of it. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, well, basically, uh, you know, I've been playing music for a while, and I was jamming with a good buddy of mine that knew uh, Mary years ago. His name is Jordan Morris. Uh, very, very talented acoustic uh, guitar player. We're kind of doing some some side stuff. And uh, I guess Mary had moved back here, from my understanding, uh, to Omaha and had hit him up. It was like, hey, we're trying to do a band thing and you're a talented guitar player. Uh, do you want to play with us? And he was in architecture school. So he's like, I am loaded up right now. I have no time. But there's a super cool dude, Mark. Hit him up and, uh, you know, see if uh, he vibes with you all. And uh she hit me up and I was super stoked. I was kind of in a weird place, like musically at the time, I was kind of just doing my own thing, not really playing with anyone. And uh, I had written a song like a week before and I sent her a quick track. It's actually going to be on our album coming up. It's called Deja Vu. It's going to be one of our only acoustic songs, actually our only acoustic song that we've, uh, we'll be putting out. Um, nice. But yeah, she didn't, she didn't respond for like two days. So I'm like, Oh, it sucked. And uh, she, she like she like responded with like I, I gave her a brief description of what it was about you know uh, being a musician a lot of the stuff that well everything that you play is emotionally based and so yeah. I was like hey this is kind of where my head was at when I wrote this this is what it's about and Mary is a wizard with fucking lyrics so in a matter of you know two days she was able to perfectly paint this story of 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 my emotions when I, where i was at with that song and she killed it i showed up to max old house uh with uh our old drummer mikey i remember he had this this uh it wasn't even like a drummer's chair it was like this his grandma's like shower chair or something i don't know if you ever seen those things <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah i was I like what exactly the fuck am i walking about? <laughs> I was like, what am i what am i fucking walking in on but uh yeah, Mac played the keys, Mary sang, he was he was doing something else drums and we kinda quickly laid down some groundwork of 
uh, one of our songs that's on our EP, Don't Be Scared. And it kind of just went off from there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's how it all started, really. Nice. Are you uh, are you self-taught on the guitar, or did you ever take lessons? Or I get let me first question: How long have you been playing guitar? So uh, I started when I was fourteen. My best friend uh, Brandon Tibbet, he's a really good guy. Uh, he got me into guitar. I remember I walked into this basement. I had bought a guitar, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was literally just making noises on it, and. Uh, my buddy was like, come to our band practice. And I walked down and I saw this dude like nailing guitar. And I'm like, I need to put the work in. So from when I was about 15 years old to throughout high school, and then I went, I put it down for probably like, honestly, like three to four years. I was in like a party phase and then I picked it back up and, and, uh, and, uh, went from there. So probably like accumulatively like nine years, but technically 15 years. Gotcha. Are you self-taught then? Yeah, completely self-taught. Nice. I was uh, I was reading an article the other day on all the best guitarists um, throughout history, and like Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like all of the best guitarists are all self-taught. Right. Yeah, Clapton. Yeah, yeah Clapton. That's, yep. That's kind of what Mary talked about when we had her on, because she had that guy that was you know kind of classically trained and was playing guitar down in at Mizzou and she tried to jam with him and you know, he couldn't break out of that, that framework, um, that he's been, that he'd been in for so long. So it makes sense I, that, that the, the, the self-taught guys are more free with how they, how they play. Well, I think it's, uh, you teach yourself to a limitation, you know, you teach yourself to, to what you want to know enough to be able to kind of play and mold it. You know right. what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's it's crazy, man. I've I've met several guitarists, uh, great friends of mine that can shred. I know this one guy that can play a Eddie Van Halen song behind his head, but uh, you know he he went through the whole classical training. He told me he's like, don't learn everything about the guitar or, or, or do these classical trainings because you'll just you'll get bored. And I don't yeah. ever want to get to a place where I'm bored with what I'm doing. It's kind of, there's like something to it with like having a mystery of what I'm going to be playing next. Like I don't even know what's coming out. Sometimes it just happens, and you're like whoa where did that come from and right. it adds the experience that's you know? that's probably when your best work comes from you know oh yeah definitely when you're just definitely. in that that space where you're just uh like you said you don't even know what's coming next and something comes out and you're like oh okay and then you expand on it expand on it and you're like oh shit i think i just uh i think i just wrote a course Oh yeah, exactly. And sometimes sometimes you get a framework out of that. Sometimes you're like, oh this is an idea. Or sometimes it's like, holy shit, like this is like spot on. Um, yeah. But but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's dope. Nice man. Mm -hmm. Ben, do you have any questions? I don't wanna completely bore got bore guard this conversation. No, um no, you're good. I I get that whole uh like getting bored with where you're at musically because I I was in band from middle school all the way through college. So I played I played uh trumpet and and uh uh baritone and a few other bits and pieces um but by the nice. time by the time i got to college i was like i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> uh, right because the only time i had fun with it was uh marching band because marching band was fun because you get to memorize the music and it's more fun stuff uh the regular like symphonic band is just like you know you're playing classical stuff like over and over and over and i can't tell you the amount of times i played the same songs through the years just 
one rendition after another and i was just like bro this is this is not this is not it i had i had a lot of fun when i got to do jazz band because it's a lot more freedom when you play jazz um but yeah so after i got out of actually before i was even out of college like i i didn't go back to uh, to band like my last year or last semester because i was like i can't do it anymore um so yeah i don't know recently i've been kind of toying with the idea of getting back into it but if i get back into it i want to learn to play guitar because i think when i was really little if i remember right i had started to learn and then like we moved and sold the guitar or whatever so i want to get i kind of want to get back into a little bit but if i do i'm going to try and learn to play like guitar or something yeah i uh something that really helped me along my journey at least was uh just learning songs i loved man (laughs) like to be honest uh as i got older i kind of found my groove too of like my pocket of sound um i got cued into anyone that like knows my style pop punk and um there's a couple of bands in specific that really played like a a key to to how i play honestly and the chords i play Uh, but yeah yeah, I think that's why I want to get back in, like, want to get into playing guitars because I love, like, my favorite genres are, like, pop punk, like, metalcore, um, that oh, kind of shit, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to learn to, like, play some of the songs I, like, love listening to. Yeah, I uh, started, I went through a metal phase for quite a while. Um, and then I just kind of, I went through a metal phase. I went through several guitars that I had owned that had different tones, too. But uh, when I went through my metal phase, I had a really cool, PRS uh, custom made guitar it had like fat inlays instead of oh, like shit. the dots that you see. That's it was dope. really cool. Um, I missed that guitar, but unfortunately, I had to I had to give it up at one point. But uh, um, I'm a Fender guy now, so that's that's my. Group. That's what I've heard. I've heard Fenders are like just like the top of the line. Yeah, uh, yeah. Guitars. Something about the neck. Something about the neck too. Just like it, it's smooth. Yeah, Mark. You- you, me- you, so. you mentioned earlier that you put down the guitar for a couple of years because you were in a party phase. Tell tell us about the party phase. <laughs> oh no, man. don't think you're uh, gonna get off scot free. Like you can't just slide <laughs> that guy in there and right, right. Uh, so you're coming out of like, what high school, going into college? At this uh, point yeah, in your life? yeah. I was just going through some stuff, and uh, you what know, kind I was of stuff? the box. I was hitting the bottle a little bit, um, but what I kind I of actually, stuff. This is an interview, Mark. Well, Alex is. You don't have to spill <laughs> your guts. I'm just. Saying Alex is gonna like grill you and and everything like that, but uh, but you know, honestly, you share share as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, I'm not asking you to give us all the bloody gory details, but you know what, like unemployment um, so I, or I like life stuff or. No, no, just just life stuff, just like uh, you know, heartache and and uh, some kind of like. Uh, I don't know, like going through an identity phase, like wh- where, where do I sit in this world? You know, wh- what, what is my purpose? Um, so you and going through I just kind of was hitting the bottle a lot, a breakup and, and some other things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Gotcha. Um, it kind of like, I guess that was like the, the breakup was like the last little rock before the, the, yeah. The last the, little the thing. Slide that kinda, before, yeah. Yeah. And so it just kind of, you know, I got into some stuff. I got into some, a, a little rave phase <laughs> doing some, yeah. doing some some party stuff um i had fun with molly and lucy if you know what i mean and uh <laughs> you know it just kind of distracted me from where i was at you know what i mean like some people uh i know some musicians that can do that stuff and can really it doesn't distract them or anything but for me it just pulled me completely out of that mindset i was just right. like i'm here to get fucked up and that's 
pretty much it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I literally didn't touch the guitar or anything during that, during that. That's whole a, that's a very good distraction if you're going through an identity phase, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially yeah. if your identity is tied to someone that you've been with for a long time. I went through a very similar type stage, not with necessarily all the drugs, but the bottle for sure. Yeah. Um, it's an easy distraction. It is. It is. It's available. It, uh, yeah, it's available, and uh, you don't have to think about all the other shit that's going on. Yep. You know? Yep. But it can distract you from something that you're passionate about, and obviously something that you're good at, which is the guitar, so... Oh, dude, yeah. And, I mean, uh, like, when you kind of hit me up about this, you're talking about, like, my journey with, like, sobriety and stuff. And it's a journey I've, like, ventured down. Not as far as I have this time, but I've tried to venture down before. And, uh, you know, oh, for me, the way I feel is, um, like, my relationship with any of the, of the substances, whether it be, you know, Molly or Lucy or alcohol or you know good old mary jane or whatever like it just uh every time i'm like involved in those situations all this like bad stuff starts piling up or like my mind just gets to a bad place uh and every time that i don't have it there all this good stuff starts adding up and my mind is in like a clear thinking uh productive kind of pace so that's just that's just me personally doesn't mean that you know other people can't do that so right no it's different for everybody yeah, exactly. Obviously, it's different for everybody. If you can, if you can do it, great. But um, I have a best friend who, like, addiction is in his blood, and yeah. you know, all of his friends can go out and do whatever they want for a weekend, and when they show back up Monday morning, uh, they're ready to go to work, and they don't feel like they need that stuff anymore. He's the opposite. He's like, "Hey, party's going. Like, we got to keep the party going. Like, next thing you know, it's Thursday, and he's on a bender." And he's getting ready to do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's different for everybody. But you're how many months sober are you right now? Uh, I just hit my sixth month on uh April fifth. That's so. awesome, dude. Congratulations nice, on that. Yeah, feels good. Feels good. And um, and you, you kinda touched on it earlier. I I don't wanna go back and make you answer the same question again, but that decision basically just came from a standpoint of when I'm doing these things things aren't going the way that I want them to. And when I stop doing these things, good things start happening. Is that basically the. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of funny. Like uh, <laughs> I didn't come to that realization. Like that's not why I like started taking that path. Like, I came to that realization like while I was sober. Um, why I took the path, I guess, uh, was I just woke up one day. It was just kind of like all this stuff at once. I like woke up one day and, you know, I'm sitting there looking in the mirror. I'm like my heaviest I've ever been. I'm like, I can see it in my face. I'm just like not there. It's just like right. I'm there, but I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I just kind of took on all these things at, at once. You know, like I'm going to be sober. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to mention this stuff and you guys are going to make fun of me. Everyone always says it. But uh, I went vegan and I do CrossFit, which is funny. because Those are the two <laughs> things that people they're involved in. They don't shut the fuck up about um so i had to mention it obviously. right i mean i was there uh, i went through a crossfit phase and i was like super gung-ho about it in college i was like if you guys aren't doing crossfit you're not shit like, yeah right right exactly especially some of the the uh, movements you do it's crazy yeah some of them um, are unhealthy you're like you're like the perfect meme 
like yeah, yeah. like sober vegan crossfit yeah. let's go bro like yeah yeah <laughs> that's all i talk about if i don't mention it then something's wrong no um, <laughs> yeah no i no i just kind of did all that at once but also within doing that i kind of took on this uh spiritual journey of uh mindfulness and kind of found um i want to say like i'm full on buddhist or anything like that but you know definitely like the practice of mindfulness and um you know taking some time every day to meditate or do yoga or do some sort of breath work um and in doing that i kind of just like realized that whole uh thing i had said prior which is okay when i'm doing these other things all these bad things are happening but when i'm not all these good things are happening so what's the point of going back to it you know there's none it's not serving me (laughs) yeah right yeah. Uh, so you said you you're not a Buddhist, but that's kind of like the belief system that you would fall under, I guess, if you had to classify it. Yeah, I like it because um, a lot of the Buddhist texts I've I've read, um, they're they're kind of it's kind of like one of those. I don't. It's not a religion, I guess, is what I'm going to say. It's it's more of a a practice than anything. Like uh, a lot of the books or texts that I've read um have talked about there's there's catholic christian nuns that go to uh buddhist workshops or camps or whatever you want to call them and you know they practice buddhist you know mind mindfulness meditation or, or whatever it is um same with i think one of the dudes that uh whose books i follow his name's lama suri das he was originally jewish when he started kind of diving into buddhism and all that stuff and now he's a buddhist but you know he just kind of talks about how it, like takes in all those other religions and doesn't say they're wrong you know or anything like that they just they just have a certain way of practicing things and in that like i'm one that's open to, to it all you know like i believe jesus was a person you know i believe there is a higher power whether that's god universe or the source or whatever you want to call it so um yeah so i want to like proclaim myself a buddhist just just someone that likes the practice of it well <laughs> Buddhist practice, if you got into like the nitty gritty of the details of Christianity versus Buddhism, they'd start to differ themselves. But like in the general practice, they're very similar, which is like you said, be mindful, take time every day to pray, meditate, whatever it is, um, be good to people and put out good energy towards your fellow mankind. And at the end of the day, that's going to serve you best. Right. And I think that's uh, a, uh, a standard theme throughout the majority, if not all um, religions is just to, to be good to people, be good to yourself and, and, um, and then, you know, take that time to, to, you know, be, to be mindful and, 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 you know, converse with whatever higher power it is that you believe in or, 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 or whatever. And that kind of stuff. There's a lot of similarities between a lot of, a lot of religions. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. And I just live off the belief that like you're, it's impossible to, um, go through life fully without like, you know, doing something that kind of harms your, your, your life path yourself or like in some way offends someone else. You know what I mean? But as long as you're like doing your best to be aware with like what you're doing, that's all you can really do, you know? And the, the be good to yourself aspect of that is something that gets lost sometimes. Um, cause like, king of negative self-talk sitting right here 
you know, but you, you can't be good to others if you're not being good to yourself. Right. And that's another common, uh, Christian and Buddhist mentality is, you know, none of us are perfect. You know, we're all going to sin, screw up, fuck up, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, that you don't strive to make mistakes, but you strive to be a better person after you make those mistakes. So, yeah. Something I was getting on uh, one of my buddies this weekend is he he tends to talk about his weight a lot. He's you know he he's like oh I'm overweight or like I'm the fat guy or whatever, and I'm I'm always like I would let it go for a while, but I'm like dude like your your body or your mind literally doesn't know like the difference. Like you, you can't just joke about that stuff. Like try to be kind to yourself, be gracious. Like it's cool to be like whatever, trying to make a joke about it, but I don't know. Words are more powerful than people think, you know. Right, yeah. for sure, and they'll they'll definitely like they definitely affect how you feel because it's I you know I, I've been through kind of the same same thing here and there, you know, like looking in the mirror and going, "Wow, I don't like what I see," and then by consistently saying that over and over, it puts you in such a mindset where you're just so down on yourself that it, it just becomes unhealthy. So you got to take the time to like look yourself and you know recognize the, the the small changes you're making that are helping you out and 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 focus more on the positive aspects about yourself to help help you get into that good mindset and then that'll foster more good things and and help keep you in a, in a good mood to where you know eventually maybe you're able to you know go to the gym if you if you so choose and 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 then be positive about that and and all that af- affects you like as a person as a whole. Yep. That mind, body, soul, man. Yeah. No, for sure. It's all connected. Aligned. Yep. Yeah. Did uh did joining feel good kind of give you like a spark or like a motivation um to kind of get on this path of like maximum creativeness or like you know what I'm saying? Did did that play a, a role in it whatsoever? Um, yeah. Uh so I don't know. It's kind of funny. Like the, the journey with feel good has been interesting. Cause I think, uh, Mary had mentioned in the podcast, we kind of went through different drummers and kind of finding, I mean, it took forever. I mean, you know, it took forever to get our EP out and it's, oh, yeah, almost, I like, know. it's almost like once it got released, it's like, okay, now we can move on to bigger and better things. And, um, not that the EP, I like the EP. Uh, I just think our best stuff is yet to come. Um, I kind of thought about this earlier when I was thinking about getting on here. Uh, the EP to me is like, it was these songs that we all had set and uh, especially like, don't be scared. It was already set before it was completely written. Like this is how it's going to be. And it wasn't that it, it, it didn't flow, but it, it was a little bit stiff. And there is uh, <clears throat> from my end, there was, there just wasn't quite a full, full effort in there yet. And then, um, in the uh, second track four Novembers ago uh that song got flipped upside down and it was like okay well this is we can actually we don't have to be stiff in the way that we're writing we can flip these songs around to match everyone's uh involvement and then uh not the same was like that on the back half of the song but but the album overall uh that is to answer your question that's where the creativity is coming from um mainly but but with those band changes man like i was also going through my own shit like i was still going through some addiction stuff and um life stuff moving around figuring out friends pandemic all this stuff you know um but this album i feel like has had my 
on my end and from I feel like I'm speaking for Mac and Mary, but uh, and Tanner, all of our best efforts like put out there and just really like honed the fuck in, you know. Um, I'm excited for it to release. Really, <laughs> yo, I am too. Mary was kind enough to to uh, let us, you know, sample a few uh, three three of the tracks uh, when she was on, um, and they're they're all awesome. Um, and some of them, she she was like, you know, these aren't done yet. These are still rough cuts. And I was like, shit, if these are rough cuts, I can't. You know, I'm a, I'm super excited for for the full you know finished product. Uh, yeah, I'm super stoked for it. Like, it's 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 good. It sounds super good, and you know, I can I can tell through it that you know from the ep and the, the tracks that that we got to listen to how, how you guys have uh, grown together as a band and and really put forth just some amazing music oh yeah i appreciate that um I, I can tell you i've drank not anymore mark drinks water now but back when he was drinking mark and i have <laughs> sat in a lot of garages drinking a lot of beers listening to those like rough demo tracks and like as they slowly came along, I was like, "Yes, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it, yeah. baby. They're really doing it. This sounds great. I'm so I can't wait for the album to be released. Yeah, I'm super excited oh, yeah. for it. Oh yeah, and hats off to uh, Tanner. I know Mary gave a shout out to him, but seriously, the dude um, not only you know records us and throws down bass or helps with forming, um, you know, the drums and all that stuff, but I mean he he just he like he's encouraging while you're recording and working with the metronome or or you know like hey like this is a good direction that you're doing with this riff but what if it's written this way or 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 here's another idea and we kind of bounce ideas off each other because this is my first time like writing two guitars like i was originally like a rhythm guitar player um so that ep was like my first time like (laughs) writing a lead guitar as well and so i think getting that confidence going is kind of coming out in this next album so uh having him there though to like kind of jam some stuff out and be like okay i'm hitting here i need to i need to redirect you know it's it's nice it's process man for sure process oh yeah if it was easy everybody would do it right oh yeah 100 percent. right uh, yeah yeah I'm, I'm well, stoked. Mary actually, that was the big announcement I was going to say, is Mary actually uh, used her graphic design talents, and we got an album art, artwork design. I don't know if she's posted it yet. I'm really bad at following up our social media. She did. But, I think uh, she ended up posting yeah. it on, I don't know if she posted it on TikTok, but I did, I definitely, Instagram, I saw it on, sure. I saw it on Twitter, and I'm, I haven't seen it on Instagram yet, but I'm, I'm sure it's up there. But yeah, that, that artwork, that album artwork is dope. It looks super good. Yeah, roots intertwined, which is funny because it's a lyric in one of our songs. And there you go. Like when she told us the lyric, uh, I'll pull it up wrong. later, Alex. Okay. I was like, wait, is that? I thought it was ropes intertwined. And <laughs> was like, I thought it was, I thought it was tin twine and something. We were all like, we just laughed. It was like none of us knew what she was actually saying there. But uh, once once we heard it, we're like that makes sense. Now I can hear roots intertwined. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's finally coming together. I'm I'm stoked for it to release and and uh, get all of our music out there. That acoustic track too, where it all began. That's something that I've been sitting on for a while. We released it on Facebook forever ago, and it got like a thousand some views within like 48 hours. It's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be big, man. It's oh yeah, be big. It's Can't big wait. 
Can't wait it's to just go uh, on tour with you guys and just sell merch. <laughs> hey, dude, that's, the, merch that's the goal. Yeah, there it is. Right. <laughs> we've met. Uh, we've met other merch guys. Uh, what's that trash boat that we hung out with? Yeah, they stayed at my house. Their bassist yeah. peed on my rug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he got. So backstory: trash boats coming to Omaha. A promoter reaches out to Abby and is like, hey, um, I'm representing this band. They're playing at the waiting room tonight, which is like a five-minute walk from my house to the venue. Do you know anybody that would house them? And she responds, my brother lives five minutes away. He can put them up for the night. So the bassist, who was, we palled around the entire night. He stole, we didn't steal. It was like a free uh, like lazy boy that was on the curb and he like picked it up and hauled it like halfway to my house. I'm like, dude, you can't bring that to my house. Like I, I, I don't want that on my property. So he just dropped it. Anyway, <laughs> we're all out of beds that night. So he decides to sleep on my rug in my dining room, like next to the table. And they have to wake up early to go to Kansas city the next morning. And I'm like walking around barefoot, like there's beer cans everywhere. We were up way too late playing beer pong and stuff. And I walk over the rug and I'm like, and I'm barefoot. Ew. I'm like, this rug is wet. Ew. I'm like, oh, spill something? I'm like, no, nah, dude, this is where that guy was sleeping. And I like kind of like leaned oh, over no. halfway and I'm like, oh, that's pissed. I'm like, <laughs> he fucking pissed on my, I had to throw the rug away. It's a $150 rug. Sucks. Thanks yeah. a lot, trash boat. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. I did not know that. The name, that part. the name fits. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. They're, they're from the UK. Uh, good guys, but that motherfucker still owes me a rug. Yeah. If you're out there, man. if you're out yeah, there, guy. What well, his name wasn't Toby. Toby was a lead singer. Anyway, drop anyway, your, drop your bed. I don't remember. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll get hundred fifty. I've still get. He left a sweater here. I've still got his sweater. That was a trade-off. We'll yeah, do a fair trade. I'll give you your sweater yeah. if you give me a rug. You can have your sweater back. We're going to go down to uh, Big Lots or something. I'm going to pick out a rug. You can get your sweater back. <laughs> there, there it is. That's awesome. That's funny. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about music-wise, Mark, before we start talking about culture stuff? Um, you know, I am super stoked for uh, – shows to go on again and just because i'm sober don't think taz is going to be retired Dude, so that's, we that's call, pretty much it <laughs> we call mark taz at shows um because mark is like a shorter guy and he'll disappear into the mosh or the crowd and the only way you can tell where he is is because there's just circles opening up like <laughs> lots we call him Taz because it literally looks like Tasmanian devil, just like just going through the crowd, just fucking going crazy. That's awesome. Like, oh, I bet Mark's over there because there's like six feet in between those people. That's awesome. Right. That's <laughs> great. great. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of crowd surfing together too. Oh yeah, I mean you you fucked up your back a couple times doing that, dude. So. Drop straight on the concrete. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back gets it into the crowd. I have figured out. I got crowd surfed <laughs> right over to a spot right where there was a mosh pit opening up. And I was actually face first and I could see it happening because I was almost back up to the front. And then just this spot opens up right where I'm headed. And I'm like, oh no, this is bad. 
and I kind of like go from face first to like try to turn and tuck into the fetal position and right down on that was the trash boat night oh god because i left and they were packing everything up and i'm on the couch like in so much pain i'm like i don't know if i can stand up and mac and mark are over me with the bottle of whiskey like don't be a pussy like (laughs) and i'm like bring me the aspirin bring me the bottle of whiskey not healthy don't do what i do kids uh and i took some aspirin and i chugged fuck i bet half of that bottle and i was like all right we're good (laughs) i'm invincible i'm i'm hanging out with trash boats tonight damn it we're going to benson we're hanging out i made it and then i stepped in pee the next morning no human balance (laughs) all things balanced yeah (laughs) good morning (laughs) oh jesus uh (laughs) All right. Um, yes, Abby. He peed. Shout out, hi, Abby. Yeah, she's been she's Fun. been here the whole time. Let's, um, yeah, I was gonna say let's let's talk about the the canceling sheet music. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a good, a good segue transition. since we were talking about music. So um, I actually did a little bit of digging while. Um, yeah, Mark, you'll enjoy this after I after I sent that that to you when I heard it. Okay, so what what happened was I was scrolling through TikTok and there was these dudes had posted a clip, I guess, of their podcast, um, and they were like, "Dude, Oxford is canceling sheet music because it it they're saying it 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 you know propagates the notion of like colonialism and the complicity in white supremacy because all this stuff happened during the period of slave oh, slavery." Wow. And I was like, "What the hell?" Um, so I was talking about it and, uh, one of my mods from my, my stream, actually, he's, you know, he's, he's Canadian and he was like, that's actually not true. Cause we were gaming in the middle of the week and I was like, what? No way. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He like went and looked it up cause he was curious. And so he sent me the, an article from the Associated Press. Um, so I have it pulled up. Um, so the claim was that the UK's University of Oxford is considering removing sheet music from its music curriculum as part of sweeping changes intended to decolonize the program. Um, the Associated Press kind of went in and did a little bit of digging and looking around, and they they figured out that that's actually not what's happening. Oh man, we got duped. Yeah, Shit. so you know that's that thing we've been talking about is just immediate hot takes and knee jerk reactions as as somebody announces something or whatever. So what happened? What is actually happening though is is um, Oxford University is adding new offerings to their music curriculum so that if you're going into that and you i guess for whatever reason you're not comfortable with learning like about classical music during that time period they'll have alternative um education things for you um so you know it was a false claim that came out that they were ditching the sheet music as part of an overhaul to combat racism and white supremacy um it was just it was just like like we said like knee jerk reactions um, about it. Uh, the article had reported that came out. It was a it started in um, a, an article published by Britain's Daily Telegraph um, that got shared thousands of times because they went off you know because news isn't news anymore. It's the first one out to post yeah. the most outrageous claim to get the, to get the clicks yeah, and yeah. the views. Yeah. So they shot off. Um, their thing and then a canadian outlet the post millennial put out their headline pretty much right after that article came out that said oxford university may stop teaching sheet music because of it because of its complicity in white supremacy um so that article reported that the documents showed some faculty members had proposed reforms to address the mu- music program's focus on white european culture 
um, and then they just like ran with it. So they're not. What's what's happening is they're not taking out sheet music as as a part of the study, but they're broadening yeah. their music um, program and their music study to include music from different eras, different genres, and stuff like that. So that it's like a little bit more of an inclusive music um, curriculum rather than just you know focusing solely on the classics from like Mozart and Beethoven. They're not saying we're getting rid of sheet music because it has ties to white supremacy. Yeah. They're not trying to, you know, it's, they're not trying to like rewrite history on that part where it's like, yeah. we're going to rewrite history just because, you know, this happened during a period of slavery and white people suck. So we're not teaching it anymore. They're, they're not doing that. They're adding in, you know, um, other things. So that's, it's just a little bit more rounded music education. Well, that's that's interesting um, for several reasons. But the two that come to mind, uh, I was listening to this podcast yesterday. Um, and uh, what you're kind of saying about knee-jerk reactions and people just kind of trying to get clicks. Uh, one of the things this guy said, he's an older dude, and he was talking about just the way that we perceive news nowadays and how uh, podcasts are re- replacing radio and like TV is getting replaced by YouTube, like, all this stuff. Right. Uh, for like news sources, but he's like, it's it's crazy because you could have someone that's a legit credible source, but they only have 150, 200 followers. But then you get out of some bullshit guy that just said he Googled something and he's got 2 million followers and everyone's going to gonna listen to him and think that's reality. That's what's happening. Right. And it's crazy. No, <laughs> it's it is. It is. <laughs> Which here comes the stick and the dead horse is over here and I'm going to beat the hell out of it again. But like, this is like, that's why welcome to the podcast. Wham. We're hitting this horse again. Uh, That's part of the reason Alex and I started this whole thing is like, we're not, we're not the guy with 2 million followers. That's putting out clickbait. Uh, We're the other guy with not that big of a following. That's trying to like get down and figure out what the truth of the stuff is. And and that kind of, and that kind of mess. Well, it's, it's just like the Georgia voting loss, which is backfiring on them an extreme, not them, backfiring on the MLB right now. Right. Because Georgia, Atlanta is a predominantly <laughs> black city. You're now taking the All-Star game to Colorado, which is not, it, there's black people in the city, obviously. But it's predominantly, but it's not a- as predominantly black as Georgia is, Atlanta is. And now you're hurting the very people that you're striving to get equal protection for, which, by the way, I've looked through the voting laws. I listened to Dan Crenshaw talk about it on Rogan's podcast. I can't find anything that would even remotely tie it to a Jim Crow type situation. Like, it's completely asinine to say that. Right. The The only argument is that it's harder for minority groups to get IDs than it is white people. Which, to me, if I was a minority, I would think, you think I'm not smart enough to go get a simple ID? Yeah. There's... And then the, then the back argument is, well, they can't afford it, which, again, is kind of racist, um, mm. but they're giving them away for free. So, um, there, and New Jersey has the same voting id requirements that georgia has and nobody is called that jim crow 2.0 yeah because jersey's a a friggin blue state so they they had a senator on i think it was a senator um from a particular state i was trying to remember the state before it might have been new jersey where they put the same voting id laws in 
Um, and then they kind of got a similar backlash, but it didn't get as much media attention. Um, and they said, okay, that's fine. If you can't, if you don't have an ID and you don't have transportation, you don't have a way to get to the DMV to get your free ID, we will come pick you up and we'll take you there. And out of like the 2 million people in the city, 25 of them capitalized on that opportunity. Wow. Yeah, it's... it's 25? Yeah. It's not even a fraction. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. It's like there's nothing inherently racist about wanting people to get an ID. And there's nothing inherently racist or um, subversive in any way uh, in in the id acquiring process you like it's it's easy if you don't have a car it's fine just go to the dmv you'll get a state id they'll give you is an going, id is going to the casino racist no. is buying alcohol racist well give it a couple months that's crazy like so so uh all for equality i hope everybody yeah. knows that at this point in time but to call this Jim Crow yeah. 2.0 and to take money away from the people of Atlanta who would have been profiting Airbnbs, hotels, bars, restaurants. You, Shit, if you re- if you really want to get into it, if you really want to get into it, even black owned businesses down there, I restaurants, but yeah, bars, like restaurants, bars, restaurants, Airbnbs, clothing stores, all that kind of stuff. You just took food out of the mouths of so many millions or thousands of people in that city because you you just went off of this again knee jerk reaction that this was like the most racist thing to happen since segregation. And it's that it's just not it's just not true. You have to have an ID for literally everything else in life. Why does having an ID to be able to go vote any different? That's wild. It's just that's wild. It's just asinine. And then all the big companies that were down there, Coca Cola, Delta, um, who else was down there? I know those are the big two. Um you- shit. I don't remember off the top of my head, but like there's major corporations that are like pulling out and doing other like not supporting other things in that area because of this because like we're gonna take a stand and it's like well that you're taking a stand but your stand is hurting the job market you think in georgia racism where are you with your buddies in china that are rounding up people and putting them into re-education camps right now right where you, you really care about people that much like okay that's fine if if you disagree with the voting laws that's your right as a company whatever don't agree with it but where are you in China right now? Yeah, where's your outcry of the the treatment of the Uyghur Muslims in the far western regions of of China that are literally getting put in concentration camps and having to do forced labor for uh, un- inhumane hours a day, getting tortured, females getting forcibly sterilized, and then raped, according to reports of people that have uh, escaped those camps, like torture, rape, and all that is just the norm in those camps. It's like, where, where's your outcry to this? But there's no outcry because China is funneling astronomical amounts of funds into these companies. Have you heard about that at all, Mark? Sorry. I was just going to add. No, no, you're good. I'm, I'm listening, trying to take it all in. Uh, I was going to ask. Um, I'm ill-informed here. Uh so what is going on? Why did the MLB switch from Georgia to the All-Star Game from Georgia so to Colorado? So what happened is Georgia 
let you cover the Uyghur thing because you know the Uyghur thing yeah. better than I do. Okay. And I know the MLB thing very well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. My heart. They're all about baseball. So, yeah. <laughs> MLB decided to pull the All-Star game from Atlanta, Georgia, um, move it to Denver, Colorado, so from the Braves to the Rockies, yeah. um, in response to Georgia voting laws that were enacted which the long and short of it is you have to have a government issued ID. It doesn't have to be a driver's license necessarily. It just has to be a government issued ID, which you need to get on planes or buy cigarettes or to get into a casino, whatever the case may be. Most people have IDs. Um, But the outcry from some of the Democratic Party is that these new laws well joe biden himself said it's jim crow 2.0 which in itself is very like those are powerful that's powerful words words that and and at the same time you're kind of diminishing the jim crow laws which was the very definition of racism um -hmm. you know you're you're saying that you're you're restricting voting for minority voters. And from what I've gathered, I cannot find a single thing in there that would suggest that. No, we That's went about. through a couple podcasts ago and like looked, I looked at the voting laws that came into place and we sat here and went through it um, for like 10 minutes and no, in no way, shape or form did any of the verbiage at all lead to any, like, to suggest that, that that was what was going on. They were just like, look, you're going to need a, a an ID to vote. They're going to be putting up, they'll, they'll put up ballot boxes in counties um, for people to go drop their ballot off. They changed the amount of time. Um, they changed the time uh, for uh, absentee voting and when you got to turn your ballot in for that and that kind of stuff to try and help mitigate, you know, ballots rolling in after, you know, the election's over after that whole fiasco, this past election. Um, and that kind of stuff. And people are, you know, saying, Oh, where they're limiting the, the way you can turn your ballots in and stuff. And it's like, no, they just base the ballot boxes off of population in counties. So if you yeah. live in a County with a larger population, there's going to be more ballot boxes to facilitate, um, that amount of people being able to drop, their ballots off and if you live say in a rural county out in the backwoods of georgia you might not have a multitude of ballot boxes but you know like i said in that one in that podcast counties don't take three hours to drive across counties are not very big you can take the 10 20 40 minute drive go drop your ballot off um because you probably at some point just schedule it around you know your errands you might have to run at that end of the county or whatever it's it's they're making yeah. it a bigger deal than it and it really is. Or you yeah. show up on voting day and you vote. You can do that too. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways you could do it. Mm-hmm. You know. And and they there was a cry for the All-Star game to get pulled out be, in response to this to punish Claiming it's racist. Right. Yeah, and then Rob Manifred, the MLB <laughs> commissioner uh, responded and said, okay, we'll move the All-Star game from Atlanta to Colorado. And now a lot of the Democrats are like, well, wait, shit. Like, now we're hurting the people in Atlanta, the same people we're trying to protect, you know, but this, like, woke movement of everybody's got to respond so they're not racist. You can't have these knee-jerk reactions. You have to. It's a mess. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're causing more problems than they're trying to help. 
Yeah. And in the process of trying to be a friend to the people they, they wanted to help, they ended up hurting them. And well, like that's just you said, government right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. They're just and trying like, to follow the trend and yep. they can't keep up. Yep. And like you said, people in office are too old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coca Cola, Delta, there's a handful of companies that are down there right now that are directly tied to major Chinese corporations who are engaging in this rounding up of the Uyghurs. <laughs> yeah, Mark, I don't know if you've seen anything on that at all. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm I not. Su- I'm not surprised because it's not getting all that much Weird. coverage. Strangely, um, so basically, what happened is there's. Um, uh, I think I don't remember the name. I think it's like the Jin, the Zhejiang province. It's out in the far. Um, well, I guess you would call it the eastern part of China, the part of China that's you know closest to um, the Middle East. Um, it's kind of like that north north part way out there. Um, there's a population of people called the the Uyghurs. They're Uyghur Muslims, um, and they've been out there for 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 generations. Uh, and at one point, they did try to to do what um, well what Taiwan had, was successfully able to do, and um, I think Nepal has tried to do before um, and and separate themselves from China and be their own independent like country or area uh and china squashed that um, yeah i was gonna say there's no way that they let that far <laughs> right so so they've squashed that and now what they're doing is they're they're basically trying they, they're calling them something along the lines of like re-education camps and but they're basically what they're yeah, doing is to just that's what they're titled yeah they're just rounding up all of these, this this ethnicity, this group of people that live out there that have just been living their lives, and they're you know trying to to forcibly integrate them into you know Chinese culture and Chinese government and 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 indoctrination and that kind of stuff. And because China, the Chinese government has branded them some sort of terrorists, which that only stemmed from the fact that when China tried to push out there and subdue these people, they said no and fought back. Um. So now they're out there and they're putting them in these re-education camps, which are essentially just forced labor work camps. Um, and they're doing just – there's a plethora of human rights violations that are going on um, with these people. Um, and some of the Uyghurs that have um, gotten out of that situation and, and, and made reports you know, to people have said that you know it's basically forced labor for inhumane hours a day. They're not really re- – they're not re-educating them. They're forcibly like sterilizing um, the female population so that they, you know, obviously so that they can't produce any more. Um, and this all sounds really familiar. Do you guys remember there was a guy named Hitler? I think Adolf Hitler was his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he just wanted to round up a specific people of a specific religion and re-educate and then he ended up putting them into gas chambers and sterilizing them and they were concentration camps and you know after that happened it sounds very similar after that happened the world said never again and yet here we are um but there's been nothing being nothing being done about it um and and, history repeats itself yep and and uh you know like we were talking about, these companies that are you know have ties to China aren't they're having outcry about the stuff happening in Georgia, but they've not once made a statement about the stuff that's happening in China because they're worried that if they do that in the NBA, self-interest. yeah, self-interest. The NBA went went through this too last year or the year before when all this stuff first like came to light. Um, they were like, nope, not our problem. 
because China funnels so much money into to the like to the NBA to like Coca Cola's got big ties. You know, all big corporations have big ties in China because that's where all the work gets outsourced to, and all the money comes from. So they don't want to. It's going to hurt their bottom line to 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 say anything about it. And it's just it's so you know, it's so backwards. You know, it's interesting. Uh, big companies like how they operate things is they they want to make you think. Uh, I I feel like it's majority of big companies that they care about issues, but they don't. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a chance, watch. Uh, what is that that just released on Netflix? Uh, Seaspiracy. Seaspiracy. I I kind of touched on that because they messed up with that name. They could have gone conspiracy, and it would have been so much better. But oh wow, that, you know what? You should you, <laughs> you should have been the guy on that team. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so it, it's it's along that line. Like they have these like you know cans of tuna or salmon that they they mark with like. Uh, this symbol that's supposed to be like, Hey, when we use these fishing nets, we make sure that we don't have what's called bycatches, which is like killing a bunch of whales and dolphins, literally just dumping them back in the ocean dead. Um, but when they go to these corporations and they talk about it, they're like super secretive about it. And they come to find out that they're not, none of that label that they have on there is true. It's just a label. Right. They're still, they're still playing a major part in the killings of all these ecosystems and, um you kind of i don't want to give away the whole thing but you come to find out man like the big twist in it all is that plastic is like four percent of the ocean's pollution problem and 49 percent of it is fishing nets from these big corporations yep and i've and they try to bury it yep and i've said i've said it before i don't remember who mentioned to me but like the fishing industry is one if one of the (laughs) if not the biggest contributor to ocean pollution but but let's stop it using let's stop using plastic straws because sea turtles. Yeah, they said plastic straws was point three point zero three percent of the pollution in the ocean. Right, but we don't hear about so there you know, go. We don't hear about the you big corporations. Good, you can feel good about going to a restaurant that doesn't have plastic straws. Yeah, That's you get you can feel good about you get you no know. straw. You get a disposable biodegradable paper straw, and yeah. you're like, oh, I yeah. did my part, and you're like, actually, no. Well, yeah, I mean, great. You didn't, you know, you contributed to a very small percentage of what the actual issue is. But yeah. it comes down to all these guys, they're full of shit, dude. They're all full oh, of yeah. shit. They care about 100%. one thing and one thing only, and that's making money. Yep. The guy who founded Goodwill, genius, millionaire. I'm going to yep. take your stuff, and I'm going to turn around and sell it, and I'm just going to name the company Goodwill, because who doesn't want to donate to Goodwill? Right. I want to be a good person and donate to Goodwill, and I'll just profit off of all of it. Great. I'm he, not called, he called it a nonprofit when it began. Yes, yeah, yeah, a nonprofit that sure. funneled millions of dollars into his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Not nonprofit for his employees. Profit it's all them. the same shit. Pepsi. Let's put a Kardashian up there with a Pepsi and uh, let's hand it to a cop and that'll make everybody feel good about yeah well and the same thing mark you were saying about labels and how corporations the same thing within corporations when pride month comes along they all put up the lgbtq flag like we're here for you we're here for you and it's like no it's just a marketing ploy so you make more money same when (laughs) when the black lives matter stuff started that all the companies put out you know new logos with with that you know that flag or that that imagery on it and they were like we're here for you and meanwhile they're like actually give us all of your money yeah, it's a it's a scary place that we're. I, I feel like social media is great. It's awesome. We, we we can formulate our own things and do podcasts and stuff like that. But they try to use it against you to kind of program and 
do these things uh, oh, where they can fly under the radar like it's nothing 100 um, percent um coke i'm not ignoring you man i just i would just pin on the thing but yeah you've made made some good points uh in there dude but your point you just put up uh you know what's funny about the atlanta thing is that coca-cola delta tnt that was the other one i couldn't think of uh they're all gonna be fine because if they pull out whatever they can just shut up set up shop somewhere else and they'll be a okay um but like yeah. we said the small businesses which we mentioned are gonna get are gonna get hurt and they, some of them might even have to shut down because there's a lot of companies, and I know it's the same in Omaha when the College World Series rolls through, that they depend on big events like that for a large majority of their profit and their their gains for the year. And when that gets pulled, they really, really struggle. It was yep. $16 million last year. 16.5, I think, in just ticket sales. That doesn't take in hotels, restaurants. That's just the money that was going to be spent at the ballpark. Again, Airbnbs, little bar and grills down the street from those Airbnbs where people go instead of going downtown. When we were in Scottsdale, we did that a couple times. Like, hey, what's close? Like, we don't want to go downtown. Let's find a little mom and pop restaurant and go eat there. You know, have yep. a beer. Yep. That, you're you're hurting so much of the black community and just the general community in Atlanta, which again is predominantly black in the way of trying to say hey we have to step in and help you because you know we're the big guys and you can't you can't do it on your own right well great now you just hurt the same community you were striving to help yep and i'll you know i mean i'll say it again like i say all the time because i just go to you know worst case scenario but big businesses doing things like this worst case scenario is you get closer and closer to those movies that came out in the 80s where governments don't run the world anymore big corporations have taken over and they're the governing entities and and it's eerily similar and it's super weird to just see that those steps are being taken closer to that that reality more and more every day and well, no, the second that happens your privacy is gone yep goodbye yep 100 you you get <laughs> big big brother comes in and now you have uh, you know, a government-sanctioned TV in your house, cameras all over the place. You have no freedom to talk about whatever you want to talk about. You're going off the deep. You're going full Orwell. We yes, sir. Orwell once. You're we going got- full Orwell. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> there but- was a in this podcast I listened to yesterday. Um, I'm gonna totally butcher this, but oh well. Um, he, this guy had mentioned, um, he was part of this this team that was talking about how how to, how did ethically go about uh capitalism and and economics um to to benefit america but not just america the world and there's a quote that someone had come up with it was like in in the year the year is 2030 you have no privacy you have no responsibility and what a a utopia we live in or something like that and and after he said that quote it's like sounds like a dystopia because you have no privacy right yeah you have no responsibility you might be getting money or whatever whatever's going on there things are automated or whatever it might be but it's like what's the price you're paying no privacy like no that's not the way that i want things to go right <laughs> give up your privacy you know? and then people you know friends just start disappearing and you never hear from them again no yep and yep. you're like what happened to fred down the road and turns out fred said something in the privacy of his own home the government didn't like and bye bye fred yep yep it's just crazy it takes away uh 
way too many rights. I don't I know. Think, it, 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 it's interesting. I think <laughs> we're crazy. a long way from that, but I think the next... Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the next thing that will change our culture and society most drastically... Did you see that uh, monkey playing uh, Pong using uh, yep. Neuralink? Yep, I saw that. Playing the old Atari game. It's Pong, right? So what they did is... And I, I watched the whole thing and actually read a decent amount about it just because I was, like, curious. So... Um, watch Wally exactly. Cook. Yes, exactly. Amen. Yes. Um, a great movie. So what Elon Musk is trying to do is is set up <laughs> this thing called Neuralink, where you get a chip implanted in your brain, and it just links with basically everything. They're in the early stages of it now, um, so they put it in a uh, a prototype version, basically of it in a chimpanzee, and so the chimpanzee has this metal tube in his mouth, and every time he does something right on the screen with the game. Uh, it started with him moving a cursor into a, a highlighted box on a grid of boxes, so he would get you know a banana smoothie um, to his mouth, and so he was doing it with his you know moving the cursor with a little joystick on the side. So then what they did is they unplugged the joystick and turned on the neural link in his head, and he was still able to move the cursor cursor around. He had his hand on the joystick and was moving the joystick, but the neural link was transmitting the direction that that was supposed to move, and then. From there, they moved into him playing Pong. And so they wow. basically taught this monkey how to, like this chimpanzee, how to do it with the Neuralink. My thing with Neuralink is I'm, I, I'm a little wary of it. Like, I'm not super keen on, on somebody Dude. putting a fucking chip in my brain that's linked to literally everything. Like, social media, yeah. music. Like, Elon saying, like, yeah, you'll be able to just stream music straight to your brain. And I'm like, okay. Well, nobody's keen on it, but what's going to happen is you're going to apply for a job, and then the guy you're applying against has Neuralink, and instead of you sitting and saying, okay, how do I program blah, 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 and sitting on YouTube trying to figure it out. Homeboy's over there just brain powering it. How do I do this? And it's going to download. He's going to say, oh, bloop, 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 and he's going to do it, and you're going to be like, shit, I got to get Neuralink now Yep. because I can't work with competing against these guys. That's how it happens. Exactly. And then... Well, and then worst case scenario, what happens if that whole system gets hacked and then who knows what happens from there? Dude. Like, it's something I don't want to think of. Yeah, mind control. I don't want to think about it. Like, I'm not, no thank you. No no, ma'am, no ham, no turkey, no salami. I do not want Neuralink in my head. Rogan's had a couple guys on this week talking about quantum mechanics. And A, quantum mechanics blows my little pea-sized brain into a million pieces. This is wild. But a lot of it is like AI also. And getting to the point where like AI has a consciousness and <laughs> we're getting to the point where AI can develop like remorse within its actions. And that you want to talk about scared the shit out of me. I'm like, here comes iRobot AI computer yeah. blow <laughs> yeah, my head off and be like, oh man, Alex wasn't really a threat. Shit. Now I have remorse, but it's okay. Yeah. I'm a robot. I'm going to move on. Yeah. Like <laughs> now we're going to have to call Will Smith out of like retirement or something to reprise know, all of dude. his movie rules. Uh, yeah, no, there was one thing with that. I saw not too long ago. It was either Facebook. I think it was Twitter or some Twitter AI that they had developed or some company had developed and literally the world taught the AI through interacting with it on Twitter, racism and just like how to be an asshole basically. And so they had to shut it down. So like, that's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like literally the thing went from like tweeting out like, Hey, I'm, I'm this, whatever a and I, and like super happy to meet you to basically like all of this, like heinous racist shit. And they were like, okay, we're going to shut that down. Yeah. So it's like, 
AI Did is like ever... it's kind of cool and all to like think about, but it's also very susceptible to a lot of different things. Did you ever watch well, Silicon Valley? Either of you yes. two? I I, I yes. have not. Did you watch it to the end? I I did not watch. I watched it like on and off. Okay. Spoiler alert. I don't think anybody on here is going to get completely spoiled. If you want to watch Silicon Valley, mute this for the next 30 seconds. Uh, but basically what they do by the end, they're working on a decentralized internet. So an internet that's like kind of like what DuckDuckGo is right now, but it's an internet in the sense that everyone has it and you don't have to pay like a CenturyLink or Cox Communications, whatever. But they create it to be too powerful where it like starts auto-correcting texts and stuff like that. And it it's basically always learning from itself. And it got too powerful. It got too good. So they had to pull the plug on it. And they had this like million dollar idea, decentralized internet that they basically had to walk away from and like destroy because it was going to go against the very thing that they were striving to create. Yeah. So, yeah. If you get it too powerful, if you, if you get it too powerful, man, it sound like conspiracy theorists, but you gotta be careful with that shit, bro. Well, that's ultimately like technology. Like how far can we take it? Right. I mean, what 2009 was when I got my first iPhone <laughs> and here we are like 12 years later. And it's like, that's the standard. Right. Crazy. 25 Enough. years ago or however long it was when Bill Gates was dancing up on that stage, like a total dweeb, you know, with the first Apple computer, if you'd have told those guys, you know, well, no, it would have. Yeah. About 25 years ago. I was just cringing at the fact you said Bill Gates and Apple in the same sentence. Like he invented it. Oh, Microsoft, yeah, whatever. The first computer. <laughs> Sorry, whatever. Um, Rip Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs. Uh, if you'd have told those guys, like, yeah, that same computer you just built will have basically something more powerful in our pockets that we'll carry around and we'll make phone calls on, they'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. You're yeah. crazy. No chance. That you got wireless headphones, you know, AirPods. Yeah. That. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the watch, everything. It's just mm -hmm. crazy. My watch is charging right now. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, I, I can go to the store and pay with that thing. Just Yep. Boop. Yeah. Just scan See it. you later. It's insane. Um, well, what else you got, Alex? I was going to say we're at the hour mark, so we can turn it over to chat if they got any looming yeah. questions. Anything else? It's a good call. About. Uh, uh, chat. I felt like there was something else. Oh. Prince, whatever it is. Oh, Prince Philip finally like finally kicked I, the can. I don't care at all. But Not really happened. too worried about it. There's been uh, these memes going around. The one I liked was because uh, Mortal Kombat's coming up. Uh, right. It's like, you, you guys play the old game, Mortal Kombat? Yeah, I, I'm or not good like at it, it, but yeah. They had the totem pole as you like go. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like Betty White and all these like old fucks that are like dead, and she's just like climbing. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> she just passed like Prince Philip or whatever. I'm like, wow. That's Hang hilarious, on, dude. Hang on. Yeah, he got he got overshadowed by DMX dying. Yeah. Oh so. yeah, same time. Yeah, DMX oh, went into a coma, and then a week later, the family said, "We're gonna pull it. We're done. We're yeah. done." You know, you know what's crazy? I, another podcast I was listening to was talking about this, and uh, it kind of irritated me too. Like all these like people, like celebrities that knew him, like use it as like fluff to be like, "Oh, it's so sad he killed himself." But like, what this guy talks about because he apparently he knew DMX um, 
he had like met him like five years ago or something and he, he knew who his inner circle was and all these people that are crying about it but no one reached out yeah to, to try to help him no one tried he was in addiction for 20 plus 25 plus years 20 25 years and you're gonna sit there and post a video of you crying on the internet but then you didn't make an effort like that's just fluff material and it's yeah it's just shit. shit to make them feel good <laughs> and increase their clout yeah it's yeah. yeah it sucks like that's why when like celebrities like that die and other people are like oh this is so sad blah 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 and they're like celebrities or people that knew him it's like i don't i don't care what you have to say because you know like you said yeah. you didn't you didn't do anything to reach out and try and get that guy help or even right. care about him yeah it's it's nuts <laughs> yeah all about probably, the influence probably Indeed. even uh profit off of his addiction so, yeah they probably used him and 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 I don't know. Hey, he, writes, just... he writes good music when he's on that, man. Leave him alone. Yeah. Well, so did Mac Miller. Nobody reached out to him either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rip Mac Miller. He was a good one. Yeah, dude. That one hit me. I don't really, I don't normally, this is a tangent a little bit, but I don't normally don't really, it doesn't affect me that much when celebrities die, but when I found out that Mac died, I was like, damn. Mac and Kobe. Kobe yeah. Bryant. Kobe Bryant oddly hit me. I, I, I did not like him growing up, and then when it happened, I was just like uncontrollably sobbing, but. <laughs> but uh yeah it was weird but mac miller dude i met him at, at uh, one of my old companies a company event and he he was pretty chill yeah he seemed he like a pretty dude. chill dude down to earth yeah yeah that one was sad well chat if you guys i'll give you a couple more minutes um i know there's a little bit of a delay but if you guys don't have anything else for us if you have any you know if you have any questions for us you had any questions for for mark um let us know um, I'll give you guys a few few seconds here to to is, rack your uh, brains and go from there. Is April twenty still the the album release date, Mark? April twentieth. Yeah, no, that's what I heard. That's what Mary said last time, right? The announcement no. that I saw was like it's coming in the summer. It wasn't set date oh, yet, in, but in, in the summer, we we just last practice. We meet up once a week. Uh, we're gonna try to ramp that up here, but. Um, we we just laid out like, hey, these are the songs that we want on there. Uh, it's going to be eight songs, um, which is awesome. And what's, Maybe what's she... crazy is we even have more songs in our pocket. So right, ready to go. There's yeah, more to come come after that. But uh, yeah, no, Maybe not April twentieth. Maybe she said April twentieth. One of the songs will drop off the album. That would make sense. That, yeah, that uh, makes sense yeah. because she did say, you know, be on the lookout to the next, through the coming months for for some single releases. So, but even then, we have to get the distribution right. Yeah, it takes about a month. So, um, we're I'd say April twentieth will be in that stage of where Tanner sends that to the distribution. Uh, it's called DistroKid or something, and um, gotcha. we'll get the rights back in like a month after and drop it. So. Uh, Coke, the people that are in Feel Good, it's Mary. Did I lose you guys? No, you're good. Your video is frozen, but we can still hear you. Oh, there it went. Um, it's Mary, Mac, uh, Mark, who we're talking with now, and uh, Tanner, who's their um, pretty much all-around guy, like producer, drums, bass, all sorts of stuff. He does a lot of shit. Sorry, I lost you for a second. No, you're all good, bro. <laughs> Mac Mac plays like keys and a little bit of bass. Is that right? Uh, no, that Tanner throws down the bass. I, I will say Mac uh, 
not the song not the same on our ep originated from something that mac wrote on the bass we transcribed it to guitar okay gotcha and then Tan, that, yeah. that's it that's the writing process <laughs> yeah <laughs> I bet. Mac is like it's it's crazy taking a song that's just piano and then being like okay well now i have to make this full band and every time i sit there in front of my like or i'm just at home or wherever i'm like how am i going to do this and Every time I do it, Max says I hit it on the head, but it's it's crazy. Some of his songs, he has like eight different chords too, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's a, it's a, it's always a good time coming up. It's a challenge. It's challenge. Yeah, Max kind of like a mad scientist when it comes to writing music. He's just like doing his own thing, and then has to bring everybody else in and be like, all right, here's the vision. Let's right. let's go this direction. Right. It is crazy though. Like you, I hear him. Like whenever I come to practice and I, I instantly hear something, it's like that's Max piano. Like he has a certain chords and sounds he goes off of, which that's same for me with like guitar. There's like a certain like these chords and scales that I always hit. It's like I used to get down about it, but I'm like every band has that one sound, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. That you kind of follow and stick to. So there's a song on the radio right now that like the chorus sounds exactly. It's almost like a carnival type theme to it. Um, and the chorus is like keys and it sounds almost exactly like what something Mac wrote long time ago. He used to play it at the house all the time on our piano. And I sent it to him the other day. I'm like, okay, why does this sound exactly like what you wrote? He's like, yeah, no, it sounds stole it. Yeah. Somebody somebody stole it. Crooks. Crooks. All of them. Um, yep. Well, Marcus, I appreciate, I appreciate you telling us to keep it up keep up the great work i love you bro um yeah if you guys don't have anything else for us um we'll wrap it up i'll show you guys this is the uh this is the album artwork um for feel goods album that's releasing at sometime this summer uh but you know also be on the lookout for the singles that are dropping um you can so here's the here's the album artwork uh for it it's uh it's gonna be called roots intertwined and my great friend and Alex's sister, Mary, who's also the lead singer for this band, graphic design this because that's also what she does. Multi-talented, multi-faceted individual. Um, this is their Instagram, Feel Good Band, uh, any. Guys, go give them a follow there. Also on Twitter and TikTok, um, this link in the bottom of the the bio here will take you to where you can listen to their EP, which is out. And then I'm sure that when the singles drop, they will be all on those streaming services as well. So definitely go give them a follow. Um, Mark, I appreciate you coming on and, and hanging out and talking with us, man. It was a good talk. Um, I enjoyed talking to you. It was good to meet you. And uh, yeah, dude, I can't. I'm, ex- I'm stoked for this album. Well, yeah, I appreciate just coming on here. I, I've been listening to you guys the last couple episodes, so. Awesome. I was in the first episode, actually. Hell yeah. yeah. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, of course. Date one. OG, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, all right, chat. If you guys don't have anything else for us, um, we're going to get out of here. Um, for our YouTube listeners, um, this will be out within the next few days. Um, appreciate you guys uh, doing good on that. Uh, we're up to like 31 subscribers on YouTube, so we're getting there. Um, appreciate all the love and support you guys are giving there. You know, make sure... 
to to share that with your friends and family and all that good stuff hit the like button hit the subscribe button all that good jazz another big announcement um which i found out the other day alex i didn't tell you about this yet uh this channel on twitch is eligible for the twitch affiliate program so i'm gonna be working on that here in the next um next week or something got a little bit of logistical stuff to do with that but sponsors, sponsors. we'll be sponsors. we'll be able to start earning a, a, a little bit of, a little bit of cash uh, here and there, which we'll then turn around and, and throw back into. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. <laughs> right. No, we'll, we'll we'll start, start you know, doing that. Don't get sponsored by Coke. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so just a heads up for you guys. I think one thing that I am going to do, uh, it's a cool little feature that I have on, on my stuff, is I'll, I'll set it up to where you guys can, you know, are able to, to cheer bits, which is Twitch's little, like, currency. Um, and what that what will happen with that is if you guys have a question or something really pressing that you want us to to know or or hear or anything, you guys will be able to to cheer those bits. And I'm not gonna make it like exorbitant or anything like that, but I'll, it'll come through on text to speech, and I'll be able to hear it in my headset, and then the, sh the live stream will be able to hear it as well. So if there's something super pressing, and for some reason uh, Alex and I are just like deep down a rabbit hole and not looking at the chat. No, it doesn't sound like us, dude. Dude, not at all. Um, <laughs> I'll be able to hear it, and we can get to it. So it's just there's some stuff coming up like that. You guys will be able to subscribe and and do all that kind of kind of stuff. But like we've said, we're not in it for the money. We're just here to to get to find the truth and disseminate the truth and the facts that that we come up on. But anyway, without further ado, that's that's it for this week. Uh, you guys have a, a safe a safe week. Um, be good to each other. Be kind. Uh, like Mark, you know, mentioned earlier, dude, take some time during this week every day to take a little bit of time for yourself. Uh, you know, be mindful, however you want to do it, meditation, breathing exercises, whatever. It, it definitely helps uh, with your mentals. Um, and other than that, again, appreciate Mark coming on, and uh, we will see you guys in the next one next week, same place, same time. All right, peace. Thanks, Mark. Love you, buddy. You guys too. Thank you.